Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Bear Necessities podcast. Once again, joined by by Zach. And, you know, before this, we were talking about the status of the league and just kind of talking about how the NFC really has three kind of great teams, that being the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, and also the Rams. And, uh, yeah, I guess it kind of puts it kind of grounds us a little bit as to, to where we are today, but not to be completely all negative. How's your how's your week been so far, Zach? Uh, so far, so good. Uh, just been trying to catch up on sleep. Uh, got back from fall break just a couple of days ago, as uh, I mentioned, the last little game reaction we had. But uh, just looking forward to this Buccaneers game. Trying to keep up with all the Bears news. We've had some, uh, we've had some developments with Robert Quinn and, and some others, uh, you know, making their way on either uh, the COVID list or injury reserve or coming off injury reserve. Some practice practice squad signings. So just a lot to keep up with. Yeah, the Bears have honestly gotten pretty beat up pretty fast this year, and that's kind of how it always ends up. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. um, you know, the Bears always seem to be stacking up. Uh, the either the IR or just the the injury list week in week out and yeah unfortunately that's been the same you know this week and yeah there's been a lot of media on the Bears especially kind of post Packers game I think the the headlines we all expected to stand out kind of stood out and have taken have taken the Bears news cycle by storm and and that kind of being the Bears Packers aftermath um, there certainly has been an impact of the I own you statement made by oh, Aaron Rodgers and you know <laughs> it's been uh, Tom, Tom Brady's got something to say about it too right Tom Brady has his own little quip on it basically joking around that Aaron Rodgers has become part owner uh and his his stakeholdership in the team now and then also the Olin Krutz firing back and then also firing back again to Aaron Rodgers comments that he made on the Pat McAfee show and then now we got Cole Komet basically responding saying well he's not really wrong and we need to be the ones that write and change that narrative which ultimately should probably be the takeaway in all of this <laughs> I agree I agree yeah um I mean just you know, uh, Matt Nagy's record at this point, uh, I think you had it written down. It's something like one in one. What is it? One in eight or one in one, nine? Something. One in six against the Packers so far. Okay, one in six. I'm, not yeah, quite. Fortunately, not not there yet. <laughs> not not quite not quite all the way to a one in eight, but a one in six, man. You know, and and again, we didn't score uh, even twenty points. I think in the last game, I, it's. Uh, it's a trend that we got to break. Um, yeah, we right. We scored fourteen. What am I saying? Yeah, we, we offense isn't putting up enough numbers. The Packers, they own us, man. They do. They have for basically the entire time I've I've watched the Bears. Um, you know, the one game in the Nagy era, we we beat them. Uh, felt good, but it, it felt you know like uh, a long time coming (laughs) yeah yeah like way overdue and and you know almost like it'd be a statistical anomaly for us to not get a win here or there uh but you know a one in seven record um is not not good not good not gonna cut it and you know if we can't beat our own if we can't win our own division uh Obviously, we're not a team that's built to succeed in the playoffs because we're bound to play them again. So uh, just kind of, you know, furthering the idea that this is really a developmental year. This is one where we're just trying to get Justin Fields comfortable with the offense and just kind of get him get him to the point where maybe next year or the year past that, 
Uh, he's in full command of this offense. We can really, you know, give him the keys and 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 turn him wild. But uh, yeah, as it stands, the Packers are a really good team, and we are a really mediocre team. So yeah, and unfortunately, it, it's always been pretty consistent. And we talked about it a little bit before the Packers game, being that. You know, coaches that have a bad record against the Packers don't seem to fare well. And I think it's really kind of only turned on um, more of that Matt Nagy hate. He got away from it for, you know, a week after the win against the Raiders. People people gave him praise and it didn't take too long for that to flip back over. So it's been it's been tough going for him against the Packers. And I think that's truly a mark of, you know, how great you are at the coaching position and you know, especially how you perform in the big rivalry games. He just hasn't done it. And Aaron Rodgers has spanned multiple Bears coaches and dominating the Bears. So it's really been a consistent theme, you know, for basically the past decade and plus a couple of years. So we'll, we'll see. And I think the disappointing point from like a game, like looking at just this game, perspective is the fact that it was under 20 points again you brought that up um the bears only put up 14 points and it's just it gets aggravating seeing them you know put up 13 14 you know those kind of numbers and it's just like ah an offense of that nature is not going to cut it i know there are definitely some positive aspects from what we saw but it continues to not be able to put points on the board um you know last week they only got 20 points too in their win which you know we were all pretty happy about but Man, it it just sucks seeing that week in week out, not even being able to lick thirty points. We're we're the only NFC team that hasn't put up a combined one hundred points. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. We're we, you know we're scoring less than the Falcons, which are two and three right now. Um, uh, not that we're that far behind. Well, okay. Here's a better <laughs> here's a better context. We're scoring less than the Lions. The Lions are 0 and 6 and we have less points than them. If that doesn't tell you something, you know, then I I, I don't know I don't know what to say cuz We have a good defense and a yeah, bad offense. Yeah, we have offense. a really that's that's exactly it. We have a really really good defense. We're scoring we, we we've scored just 6 points more than the Texans who are 1 and 5 and on are on their third string quarterback. Um yeah, I mean this team just doesn't uh, only only the measly Jets have scored basically less than we have. Um, God, the Jets have only put up 67 points, man. (laughs) They are a bad team, dude. Wow. Uh, But anyway, not to get carried away with other teams. But, yeah, uh, the Bears Bears are just – so far they're like big fakers, man. You know, we we have a running back room that took everybody by surprise. We might have one of the best in the the league with a healthy Montgomery – you know, we have three guys in there that are, are you know, potentially st- starting caliber, you know, running backs. Right. So we got a good run game. We have we have great pass rush. But, I mean, man, that's it. That's our team. Everything else, all the really, you know, important, vital rooms and positions, we're just – we're weak. We're weak in a lot of places. And uh, this offseason – it's going to be really big. We have a lot of uh, we have a lot of cap space to work with. Um, you know, we gotta we gotta figure out how to how to re- rework some contracts and really put if we if we want to be competitive next year, we, we're gonna to have to figure out how to put together uh, a kind of a new 
starting unit out there, you know. Um, there's there's yeah. going to be a lot of positions where we're going to have to see some overhauls. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely been flaws on the position front. I think roster-wise, we've definitely seen where this team has some holes. And that's become very evident as well. And, you know, I, I didn't want to develop a kind of a Matt Nagy, you know, talking about his job security kind of, of deal all again because we've been, you know, fairly... I don't know, negative on that front. And I think we can just, I don't want to beat that horse to death. I mean, we're certainly going to bring it up later in the season, but I think the one thing to note kind of for this, this week leading up into the Buccaneers matchup. And now we got uh, Jalen Johnson posting uh, the fine that he got for being late to practice. And you see the sincerely Matt Nagy and he's talking about how, you know, kind of his upset, how pissed he is about getting that fine for showing up. I don't know, a couple minutes late to practice. So I don't know. It's just kind of the first little indicators of things just maybe not quite going perfect inside the locker room either. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, as you mentioned, we we should probably try and refrain from how much we just talk about Nagy on the hot seat because it it seems to be a week-in and week-out topic. But that's just, you know, it is what it is. If this is a coach's potentially last year, as, as I think a lot of people see it, uh, that way, then it, it is a it is a big conversation. I mean, there was there was talk about Nagy getting fired, like the moment after the uh, uh, the the uh, Browns game. Just you know that it was so bad and it was so dangerous for Fields to be out there and and play the way that that they did that we should just can him right away. So a little understanding of why this topic keeps coming up, but um, uh, you know. I, Nagy is supposed to be, if, if anything, he was really touted as the offensive guru, but at this point he's more of just a locker room guy, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> like really just somebody that's trying to keep the spirits of the Bears all together. And, and yet it seems like this season in particular, he's really started to finally lose that grip as well. Um, as much as I I am fearful of who the next Bears uh, head coach could end up being and how far back he could send this team uh i'm, I'm starting to get more and more a sense that uh this this is in all likelihood going to be Nagy's last year on the chicago bears uh, i just don't see how uh you can hand over play calling duties to your to your oc and then start to lose the locker room you know bit by bit and then hang on to your job <laughs> for another contract it, it just Why doesn't work <laughs> Why are you around? I mean, really, there's a point where it's like, hey, man, if you're not doing anything, why, you know, let's get somebody in here. Again, my big fear is that we get somebody like John Fox or Mark Trussman back in here, <laughs> which uh, really just at that point, I'm jumping off a bridge and it was nice knowing you all. But um, the doldrums, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. It, it, really tough spots in uh, Bears fandom and, and Bears memory there. And, and I guess another person who. I guess future is a little bit up in the air with this team is, is Allen Robinson. And I will say this in the game against the Packers, he was a little bit more involved, especially right off from the bat. I love that Justin Fields found him on his, uh, the third completed pass of his first drive started out three for three was definitely one of the better looking parts of the game for the bears. But you know, it, it, there's still a little bit of lack of involvement from him. Um, you, you'd still like to see him get featured more. The numbers are just extremely low from a statistical standpoint. And sometimes you kind of lose him in the game. You, you kind of just, you, you can't find him. He's not very involved. He has been doing a good job blocking from time to time. And like I said, he hasn't completely disappeared, but 
how can the Bears get him, you know, into the game more? Is it something they're doing, you know, as far as passing wise? Do they need to be looking for him more in intermediate routes? Um, I know they made a little bit of Justin Fields not seeing him on a deep play, and then some people say that Allen Robinson gave up. So a little bit of back and forth there. And what impact could that possibly have on his contract, upcoming contract status, or if it keeps going wrong for the Bears, are we are we looking to to trade him? Well. All right, there's a lot there to unpack. I, I think <laughs> I laid it all when out. You watch you. that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think when you watch that last game, um, it's pretty hard to argue against the fact that uh, Fields completely missed Allen Robinson for like yeah. a really deep pass, and it was a beautiful. I mean, he was wide open. Uh, you could have lofted that out sure. there, touchdown, no problem. And the thing is, it didn't even really need to be all that accurate. It, you could have just kind of heaved it up there. He had so much space to work with. He could have come back for the ball, you know. Uh, <laughs> really, he could. I mean, he could have thrown it behind him, and he could have stopped his tracks, turned around, and probably still grabbed it. Um, so, so Fields, you know, for all the talent he has, all his natural ability, he he still is making some some kind of bad reads, not not having the best vision downfield. Um, he's, you know, obviously, I think the best quarterback we have at the moment, but. But uh, he's he's going through some growing pains, and that just is what it is. And and we shouldn't you know rip into him uh, too hard yet. He's just a rookie. He's he's twenty two. He's got a long long you know uh, way to go. He's got a lot of room to grow. But you know you get a star like Robinson, and he's he's looking for somebody that's going to find him every play. Um, right. You know he, you look at someone like Antonio Brown. Uh, you know sometimes these big receivers kind of blow up and they kind of get and understandably so their whole career hinges on how well the quarterback can find them um when they're they're open and they're flailing their arms uh, i think they get a little tired of that so <laughs> i i i think that robinson's doing enough uh to get open and and he's winning matchups i think that we're not seeing him show up because i honestly I think Fields isn't finding him. I think that there's a lot of plays where if we were able to go back and watch the tape and, you know, do it the way that, that the, the team itself can do, we'd see that Robinson had more than enough opportunities to, to, to really, you know, uh, get some, get some completions and, and, and change the game. But he's just, he's just not being found. And uh, even, even some of the catches he made, one of them was like this really, really tough. I mean, like it really showed his skill. Uh, the little toe tap he got. I think that was the one you were mentioning. Um, yeah, just early know, in the game, like their first it, it series. It was beautiful, and it was a great throw, but, I mean, like only top five receivers can make that kind of <laughs> Okay, a, okay. <laughs> can make that kind of a catch. Um, and, and you know, and it, it takes a lot of body control, a lot of skill to, to get that toe touch. So, so it's not like the talent's there. I don't think it's any sort of a drop-off. I just think – you know him being found by fields is, is really going to be what what's required to get him you know his, his stats up in terms of his his contract or him being here next year i just don't see it happening anymore um i think that he's he's going to enter free agency and he is going to you know on the one hand you think he'll probably go to the highest bidder i think robinson's the kind of guy who is also looking for a ring and he's probably looking at teams that even you know if he's on maybe a shorter contract but a winning team a team that that he thinks gives him a chance to actually go to the Super Bowl and 
you know, for a guy in his prime, I think a top five receiver, I, I don't think that a a 500 Bears team is very enticing. And, um, you know, we can come up with our numbers, but I think we, we sort of missed the boat last year by not extending him and not, not you know, offering him the kind of money he was demanding. And we're just going to have to live with the consequences because unless we trade him this year, which I think the Bears fan base is going to be very, very upset about because we don't have quite enough depth in the receiving room to, to sort of get away with that while still pretending like we're being competitive. Um, I think we're just going to hang on to him this year and we're going to just let him go in free agency. Um, and I don't think we're going to get anything for him, which is kind of a shame because, you know, on the one hand, if we kind of admit who we really are this year, we should be able to come away with a couple draft picks and we should probably trade him. I mean, in all likelihood we should, um, there's, there's, you know, projections right now that, that are pretty much what we guessed that the bears will be about 500. Some, some think optimistically we'll go nine and, you know, eight and, (laughs) and more realistically, it'll be like seven and nine, uh, or seven and whatever. 10, which seems so weird to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we squeeze into that wild card slot, but like, is it worth it? Should we should we hang on to these assets that we could trade away for future draft capital, just so that we can we can have a first round exit again, or you know, a wild card <laughs> exit? I don't. I don't know. Like, I if you guys if that's if that's what you guys want. But I yeah, don't know. the McCaskies are thinking. Well, as long as this is a home wild card game, then yeah. <laughs> if we yeah, can right. Get, if we exactly. Can get as long as we get one seats. more. <laughs> one more week of of advertising revenue and, and merchandise yeah, yeah. great <laughs> well, good job it, mccaskies in reality you know the bears are kind of trending down the path we thought they were and if they keep going down that path then the logical thing is to trade him now of course you know he's someone that you'd attribute to possibly being the team or not possibly is the team's top receiver. I know Mooney is getting a lot of the attention right now, but you know, yeah. Robinson is still obviously the, the WR one, but you are able to move someone like him and get draft capital in a year where the bears do not have much draft capital. So it, logically you should move them, but you know, then again, he's there for Justin Fields. I think that's probably one of the leading reasons why they brought him back on a tag anyway. Because realistically, they should have either extended him to a contract last year or traded him. He was probably at peak value. Right now, his value is not going to be quite the same as it was. Even though a lot of teams can probably see the potential, they're going to say, well, you know, where has he been this year? It just naturally brings the value of him down a little bit. But, you know, I I think that looking at where we are today, which is kind of where you started out, Zach, I I think that in a certain extent, yeah, Fields isn't finding him. And and we talked about how curious that is um, a little while back by basically saying that it's all who all who Mitchell Trubisky went to. Actually, that pod was never released. So, yeah, (laughs) on that unreleased pod, we talked about um, how it was just ironic that Justin Fields does not pass it to uh, Robinson much. And he was all that Trubisky would pass to. You know, I'm sure a little bit of that probably just comes into getting, um, you know, Allen Robinson into Justin Fields' comfort zones a little bit more. I think what 
the reason why Mooney is being so successful right now is because a lot of times he's just cutting right across the field. You know, you notice the plays where he gets touchdowns. He's in the middle of the field making a quick break and getting open quickly. It's just an easy read for Fields to go right to him. Um, so, you know, maybe we need to keep, you know, in order to keep that rotation up and, you know, keep spreading the ball around, but get a little bit more ball time for Allen Robinson is to just make things a little bit more simplistic, get him to where Justin Fields wants him to be. And, you know, we'll ultimately we'll see how the future for him plays out. I mean, if we're looking at another loss in Tampa Bay um, and if the Bears go on a little bit of a skid or something like that, then I'm sure that this is going to get tossed around a little bit more. We're getting on this a little bit preemptively um, before we get to the deadline, but I'm sure as the deadline looms around and if the Bears are in a similar position, we're going to be having a little bit deeper of a discussion on this. Yeah, and he's not, you know, he's not the uh, the, the only player, I think, we need to be considering um uh robert quinn he's 31 years old i know he's just went on the covid list but i think he'll be coming off that you know just a little bit before the trade deadline uh he's having like kind of a career year and he's he's also our like fourth highest paid player on average i think he's he's making f- something like 14 million dollars yeah it, uh, something he is definitely one of the best played best paid players on the team and yeah his value is a hell of a lot higher right now than it was at this time last super year super high <laughs> i mean i mean a, an actual super bowl contending team um that's you know in need of some some edge rushers some linebackers i mean he's the kind of guy that that i think a lot of teams would jump on and would would give up some decent capital uh for and so, you know, let's say we we lose out the next two games, um, and we're and we're looking down the barrel of like a three and five start to our season. Like, should we? Yeah. I mean, should we really, really go? No, we still we're okay. Well, you know, we just need a little bit. No, like, come on. There's a point where it sucks because the NFL season is so brutal that by like week seven or eight, you pretty much know who you are. Uh, and it's very, very rarely for you know rare for a team to to go something like three and five, and then turn it around and go deep into the playoffs. It just doesn't happen unless you know, barring massive injuries like you know uh, um, something like the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, where he blows his finger and then comes back in week nine or ten and you know and maybe closes out the season pretty strong. Generally, that doesn't happen, you know. Uh, when you have a healthy roster like we generally speaking we do um so robert quinn is a guy that that i think you know robert quinn and and alan robinson are are like two of the top four or five highest paid players on the team and uh robinson's on a one-year he's in his prime if we don't if the sentiment is that we can't get him back then get get what you can for him this is the last year uh this is going to be the last couple weeks we have any chance of of getting something for him um sorry by the way for our listeners if you're hearing a whooshing sound i once again live in a college dorm and they're <laughs> washing the floors outside so uh i apologize anyway um no worries yeah i i think i think that we need to be realistic uh you know even hey man i i hate to to sound like a, a madden player but i am and uh i know that when players get to about 30 31 you got to start being really <laughs> really uh, critical of how how long we think they got left in them, you know, how much more fuel they got in the tank. And we got a couple old guys. We we talked about in week one or two, this is one of the oldest teams 
in the NFL on average. Um, you know, Khalil Mack's already 30. I'm not talking about moving him quite yet just because he's playing like a, an animal this year. But Can I predict Robert, who you're going to say? Yeah, go for a- it. Akeem Hicks? Because he was the next person I was about to bring he's, up. I said we have about three quality trade candidates right now. We got Allen yes. Robinson, um, Robert Quinn, and Akeem Hicks. It all just uh, makes you, too much sense. You, you took it right out of my mouth. That's exactly who. And, and I love Hicks. He's an animal. But he's 31, man. He's 31. And he's making 12 million dollars a year. He's on a, you know, this big four-year contract. Uh, obviously, it expires next year. But look, man, like we're 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 rebuilding, we're retooling, whatever you want to call it. And the truth is that uh, Akeem Hicks is not going to be on the team in four years. He's not. He can't be. It's it, unless he wants to take a massive salary cut, uh, which he probably doesn't. He can't be on the team. Robert Quinn, man, we can't be paying Robert Quinn fifteen million dollars a year when he's thirty-three years old, right? Like, not on not on a team that's built uh, around Justin Fields, which this team needs to be built around Justin Fields. We need more offensive weapons. Our defense eventually is going to age. They already are. There are uh, Khalil Mack himself, man. Like, look, this is the peak of Khalil Mack right now, and as much as this pains everybody. In the year, you know, when his year uh, or his contract's expiring in 2025, he's not going to be the same player. He's not going to be who he is now or who he was two years ago. And I think the last couple of years, we've already seen Akeem Hicks dealer, or uh, Khalil Mack, sorry, uh, dealing with his age. Um, he's, he's already having these injuries kind of stack up this year. He's got an ankle thing going on. Man, when you turn 30, I'm, look, I'm going to be 27 in, in about a month here. And I'm already banged up, man. It's, and I'm not. I'm not a pro athlete. I'm not having 300 pound guys tackling me. Like age, get, you know, gets us all. And if we're a team that's rebuilding, we can't have these, these fucking, you know, pardon my language, but 30, 33 million dollar, 30 million dollar over five years. Like we can't. It's or, you know, 70 million. My bad. 70 million dollars over five years. Can't can't have those those sort of contracts. Um, for 31-year-old players. So I think, honestly, if we lose the next two games, all three of those, Allen Robinson, Robert Quinn, and Akeem Hicks, we should be looking to trade them. Doesn't mean we'll trade all three. Doesn't mean, you know, the fan base is going to love us for it. But uh, build for the future. Get some some more line help. And the only way you're going to do that is probably drafting, uh, you know, the thing is that with Justin Fields on his rookie contract, uh, his contract's pretty damn cheap. We could look into free agency to, to get a couple veteran guards, um, see what the free agency market looks like in terms of receivers and stuff. But it's just you gotta you gotta just see this year for what it is. So uh, yeah, I think we have three legit trade um, you know trade baits, and uh, I'd like to see us honestly use them. Unless hey, here's here's the opposite of that. <laughs> if we if we come out truthfully, if we come out and we beat the Bucks, like almost just that alone, if we come out and we beat the Bucks, um, the the whole narrative shifts because then the Niners and the Steelers start to look a little bit more manageable. Now let's just say on a prayer we win the next three games, like this whole conversation shifts, right? Because now now we're looking at this pretty high above five hundred. Yeah, we lost to the Packs, but we beat the Bucks. A lot of people Super Bowl favorites. Um, you know, like it, yeah. it's it's kind of amazing how this midseason the conversation can shift wildly. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think we need to 
to be on our toes and we're be, we're playing a little bit of Madden, like you said, you know, yeah. we got, we got some younger players coming up, getting good on the defensive line. So maybe we can afford to get rid of some old vets and, you know, get some other vets on a contract and stick them on the offensive line and get some more draft picks and see what we can do there. But realistically with the bears cap situation, it is something that they should at least be thinking about addressing if a season goes one way or another. Um, but like you said, a, a lot could change. But one young player has really stood out so far, which is kind of, I guess, you know, on the page of bringing in new talent, new fresh talent to the team. Khalil Herbert, you mentioned the running back room a little bit earlier with what the Bears have been able to do with three quality running backs, Damian Williams, Montgomery, um, both of those who are current or were inactive last week, you know, Montgomery with the injury, Damian Williams on the, the COVID list. But Khalil Herbert really stepped up, almost rushed for 100 yards. And how are you feeling with how he's played so far, taking on a, a lot bigger of a role, you know, over just two weeks, you know, got thrusted into being, you know, the backup and um, two weeks back when Damian Williams was really the technical RB1 and then being thrusted into the, the first running back position this past week. Yeah, Khalil Herbert was wow. I mean, what a surprise. Uh I I I he he was like the fourth running back on the uh on the depth chart coming into the season. Obviously with Tariq Cohen still trying to mend that that knee injury. Uh we haven't seen him seen him this season, so he shifted up, a, you know, technically one position, but he was still right. our third running back. Uh this just continues the 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 thought that like Ryan Pace is amazing at picking up late round uh, uh, draft picks. Like God, I don't know how he does. We just should take every first and you know, barring maybe Justin Fields, but every like first and second round draft pick away from him and just convert them <laughs> into a bunch of like third and beyonds because that's just where he gets all of the studs. Like all of our best players came from like third and below. Um, it's very rare we've had anyone in the first or second round under Ryan Pace's leadership that have, have turned out well. And so Herbert is yet again, I think he's our sixth round pick. Yep. Um, and just a total steal, total steal. Anytime you have, you know, something like 20 carries or something for almost a hundred yards. Hey man, that's great. You could, you could do that all season long. Uh, and those are, those are the kind of numbers that honestly are like kind of starting numbers. Those are, those are, you know, it's not going to blow anyone's mind. Um, but hey, if you're averaging five yards a carry, we'll give you the ball every single down. I mean, we'll just <laughs> keep like literally. That's all feed we need to do to feed the beast. Just keep feeding them five yards yeah. a carry, man. That's that's gonna do it. So, um, you know, the thing is, part of it is being a rookie. Being how old is he? Let me see here. He's 23 years old. He's got those young legs, man. So he's got a lot of juice. You know, um, he can. He's fast. He's really quick. Also, I, you know, I will say the vision was impressive for a rookie. That was that was something that I think Tariq Cohen was also uh, praised for a little bit. Was just kind of you know his ability to to go one way, realize it's not working, and cut back one eighty. Montgomery is a little bit more of a tank. I mean, he's technically kind of an elusive back, but he's just more like you know find the hole and then and break tackles and just keep ch- churning the legs. Herbert was nimble and fast, and the vision was great behind the line. Um, really impressive. I'd be shocked if he slid back behind Damian Williams. I think that uh, with a full, healthy roster, that he's he's Khalil Herbert is now the the running back number two. 
Um, yeah. Also, you know, given that Tariq Cohen is going to remain out, uh, which which I haven't looked into this much, but are we just going to miss Tariq Cohen this whole year? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I think that's it, quietly what's kind of happening right now. I think so too, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, it's a very odd situation, and like you said, Khalil Herbert has taken and done the most with the role that he's been given. And you know, I, I think that I'm not saying he's quite to this explosiveness level, but he really kind of brings a little bit of like that Miles Sanders type running back into this offense. You know, someone that mm-hmm. that one cutback. I, I don't. He had multiple really good cutbacks in the game, but the one where the line was completely pushing for him to go to one side and read that the linebackers completely shifted over there and just made a huge cutback to the left side of the field. And if it wasn't for, um, I think, a safety being there, he would have broken that off probably for a touchdown. It would have been a gnarly run, but still got you know at least 10, 12 yards out of it. And, yeah, you really got to like what he's doing. I think he brings another dimension there. And I think realistically – the Bears can look to to get him a lot of a lot of touches in a game. I think he's someone that you can shoot for getting him, you know, once Montgomery is back and healthy, get him at least eight touches in the game. I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, whether that comes through the ground or the air. He's someone that has a great vision and someone that could probably be even worked into the short passing game as well, which would really elevate and bring this Bears team to another level and if he could become Justin Fields' favorite little outlet, that would be that would be something. Here, here's here's another thought, uh, and I hate to to say this because I love the kid and I want him to come back and be the weapon that he was a couple years ago. But Tariq Cohen is by far our highest paid running back, um, by far, yep. and. Uh, Hey man, when he comes back, if he come if he's healthy or he's cleared before the trade deadline, at this point, you could argue we have four very strong, very <laughs> capable running backs. Do we really need four? And could we think about trading Tariq Cohen at only twenty six years old? Honestly, and I know there's a, a- quite a good amount of Cohen fans out there, but I think there's a lot of people that have just kind Myself of included. I think there's a lot of people that have given up on him a shade, which is a little bit in the camp that I'm in just because we haven't seen him on the field and what feels like <laughs> forever, but you raise a really good point. I mean, at this point, um, he's got, like you said, three running backs. If you get rid of Cohen that are quality running backs, you feel fine with them carrying the load in the game, even if they kind of want to just switch up tempo and rhythm, they got running backs that kind of cover every little bit of, you know, every little bit type of running back that you need as far as being able to catch passes, kind of have the power back in Montgomery who has has broken off some bigger runs, have sh- has shown a little bit more agility this year. And then Damian Williams, which is, you know, kind of the utilitarian back can do it all, uh, maybe doesn't do anything incredibly, but has, you know, some nice agility, you know, stuck that nice spin movement. You got Khalil Herbert, who's just the pure explosive guy. I don't necessarily see where you have the need for Tariq Cohen and he's on a big long contract and has barely paid played in any of it. Um, but yeah, finding a suitor for someone in that situation, I'm sure there'd be a, you know, a couple calls coming into the bears, but there's gonna be a lot of teams that are wary about someone that hasn't played in, you know, uh, almost two years at this point. Right. And that's, that's a good point. You know, uh, um, if you were to get some pretty, pretty high draft compensation i think it'd be hard to turn down 
Uh, but with that said, you're right. I think a lot of teams would be wary. They'd probably try and underbid, you know, what his actual value, just just citing uh, his injury history. But um, yeah, it's just something to consider. I think I think that Ryan Pace this year needs to be realistic. Uh, I don't think he's quite so much on the hot seat as Matt Nagy is. Uh, I don't think that they get fired together. I'd be a little surprised to see that happen. So I think that I think that Ryan Pace has to you know take these next couple weeks and be be really critical about the team because you know we do have we have some some rooms where there's a little bit maybe too much depth running backs in particular uh, even linebackers and then there's you know there's positions where we're really thin our our secondary uh, for the most part our O line and even some trades not necessarily for draft capital but maybe a couple younger linemen that that have a little bit of upside. Uh, I think that it would be in the best interest of this team moving forward if we were kind of critical about the contracts we currently have, about our projections of this year, and then sort of protecting ourselves long term and, and looking at like what can we do uh, over the next couple of years that'll put us in the best position to win. So uh, really interesting stuff. I'm really hyped to see... Uh, to see how the next couple of weeks play out. I, I'm, I always get more and more excited as we approach the trade deadline because things <laughs> just get spicy. You know, teams, teams start firing coaches. They, you know, they, they make trades, the big, the big deals, mid big mid season acquisitions start to happen. So um, it's all kind of coming up. Yeah. And, and thankfully the NFL pushed the trade deadline back from where it used to be. And we're finally getting some of those nice moves from stars during the middle of the season. It wasn't really something that the NFL had and you know thank you for a little preview of a, a topic for next week zach which is going to probably be you know if naggy gets fired you know do we want pace <laughs> to go with him <laughs> so yeah, you know yeah. make sure y'all listen listen next week for that but yeah certainly Cleo herbert has has been a great addition and you know a nice little another little gold golden noodle for ryan pace i guess in his ability to draft lower um on the on the draft board and into the later rounds as we transition a little bit into, you know, Buccaneers pregame, just a couple things to note, and Zach already spoiled this a little bit, um, but just to, just to note it, you know, Robert Quinn on the COVID list, so he is not going to play um, this coming game, and Dion Bush onto IR, so kind of in some spots where the Bears really needed production, um, and, and fortunately they have depth along um, with their edge rushers, especially in in Gibson, but it's not good necessarily in a game where they're going to really want to get as much pressure on Brady as possible that we have one of our edge rushers going out. Um, hopefully the bears D line can continue to step up. Um, but it's just, these could definitely be, even though they're not the absolute biggest names that could be out for this matchup, they could be pretty impactful in this coming week. Yeah, I think Robert Quinn is going to be a huge loss for us. Uh, he's just been having such a huge year, such a resurgent year uh, compared to last. Uh, we're going to miss him. It's going to hurt, and especially going into this Bucks game where um, really I think the keys to the game would have been rushing the, the shit out of Tom Brady and making him feel old and making him feel immobile. And, uh, you know, I know they got a good O-line protecting him, but um, – just hitting them every single play, really, really forcing Brady to make quick decisions and and not have time in the pocket because he likes to you know to hang out there. Um, he doesn't have the mobility, you know that that others do. 
someone like a Kyler Murray or something that can you know really run around and give uh, rushers kind of a run for their money, no pun intended. But now, now we're gonna hurt. We're gonna hurt because of that. Deion Bush, I think, is is also gonna be a um, kind of a hurt, you know, you know, a pain in our side to to lose. But n- none more than Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn is just having such a big year, really finally living up to that contract. And and I think going into the Bucks of the two players or just even the two positions that that rushers would have probably been more important for Brady to have more check down looks and and really not not be able to stretch the field because he just doesn't have the time for it um it's gonna it's gonna hurt thankfully i think you know he's he's fully vaccinated uh he apparently is is asymptomatic at the moment just just testing positive you know, there's a, there's a chance we get him back. I don't know if there's certain regulations, but I could see like next week or the week after. So I don't think he's going to be out very long. It's not like IR where there's like a three week minimum, um, or you know, and then three week minimum, and then they could just not be ready. Uh, the moment that he tests negative twice, like a day apart, he's he's good to come back. So it's not going to be a long term thing. I think we're going to get him back for another couple important matchups. But this Bucks game is is big, and I think you know having all hands on deck is kind of vital. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. And we can kind of fully transition into the, into the Buccaneers pregame. I I think an area in in which, and this is a Tampa Bay to give a little bit of a preview, a little bit of a, you know, build the narrative, build the story for this coming week. I mean, like you said, this is a big kind of turning point game for the bears. And to continue on, we were talking about with Robert Quinn, one thing that kind of scares me is watching the Bucks game last week. They really just pounded the ball with Leonard Fournette. And Robert Quinn's been pretty good in the run stop game, too, um, and being able to get a few tackles behind the line of scrimmage. I fear a little bit that the Bears are going to struggle to stop even the run game, and that's just going to give the Buccaneers too many looks to, to quite handle. Um, the Buccaneers are opening up at massive favorites, like almost disrespectful um, to the Bears. I believe they are 12-point um, favorites, and I'm not a big wow. sports better, but you know anyone that knows anything about over-unders and, and, and the lines that they are put in knows that being a 12-point dog in an NFL game is that's pretty bad. Um, yeah, it's pretty brutal. So, yeah, so Vegas has the Buccaneers winning big um, in this game. You know, how can how can the Bears defense with with the injuries, especially with Robert Quinn, what exactly do you think they should do to, to slow the Buccaneers down? Because like you said, the game plan going, you know, at full strength was probably just, you know, like you said, make Tom Brady feel old, get some pressure in his face and hopefully get him on the turf a lot and keep them from moving the chains and and giving Justin Fields as many chances to put the ball in the end zone as possible. But now with that out of the window, should the Bears where the bears focus their attention to kind of minimize the damage. Uh, man, you know that the problem is we don't have many options, right? Like yeah. this bears team is only strong in so many ways, uh, even defensively. And, and right now really our pass rush is clearly um, like our strongest hand. So I'd like to see a lot of blitz packages. I, I kind of liked seeing us sometimes throw the safeties at them Um I liked some of these mixed up looks where where you're really trying to confuse. The thing is, Tom Brady, you know, he thrives on his IQ. He can read defenses really well. Um, it takes a lot of very smart play calling, um, you know, kind of tricky packages to to kind of throw him off. And and he's, even then, 
good luck. You know, fingers crossed that it works because he's he's a football genius. So, uh, you know, as tricky as you get, he's probably trickier than you are. Um, but but I just think outpowering him and 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 hitting him with a lot of speed. You know, getting fast guys after him. So it, it's it's gonna hurt losing Robert Quinn because I think that that would have been. You know, I think that that's man having Robert Quinn and uh, uh, Khalil Mack. How was how – sorry to just kind of change a little <laughs> non-secretary, but, like, what's the deal with Akeem Hicks? Is he out? Is he in? I actually don't know. I actually don't know his status um, as of this game. So, that could, I mean, that would be potentially he another – He was slamming his helmet on the uh, – on the side of the you know the sideline he when he when he came out of the game yeah uh I, it looks like i'm actually looking into it right now uh it looks like it's questionable they don't really know um and Khalil Mack is also listed as questionable that is scary uh I feel like he's yeah, questionable hicks, every week though <laughs> you know. that's true he is but hicks hicks had that sack on aaron Rodgers where he kind of it was like non con no contact he was he was dealing with a groin injury sort of spun out of it and his legs sort of it swung out to the side and he came away you know gripping his his groin and he uh, apparently was slamming his helmet doesn't sound good so to lose potentially Akeem Hicks and Robert Quinn and with Khalil Mack you know kind of uh week to week dealing with with little nagging injuries we could be in some trouble here and I am starting to gather why we may be 12 point underdogs <laughs> uh, I would still pick, you know, in terms of people that know the over and under, I'd still go with the under. I don't think it's going to be that much of a blowout, but I guess there is the potential that it can be, right? Like, you know, they could uh, go up on us by two scores. Uh, also, Tom Brady is having an amazing year. I mean, yeah. some of the games he's 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 been having recently are um, truly shocking uh, to see. Uh, how how capable he is this late into his career. Uh, just multiple games with like four and five passing touchdowns is crazy, crazy for somebody who's 93 years old. Can you believe he's 93 years old in his <laughs> 73rd NFL season? What feels like a it. champion. Yeah, it feels like it, and he's averaging something in like almost the mid 300s uh, as far as passing yards per game. So he's still slinging the football around. It's a very, very tough matchup, and you know, defensively, it's gonna be tough to slow down their weapons. I mean, I don't even know where you start. You got Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, um, Ronald Jones, you know, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard. Even though Gronkowski's banged up, they still have good tight ends. So they can really do whatever they want and pick whatever weapon they want to play well that week that's going to to work well against that Bears defense. So that's a little bit of the scary part. I think a little bit on the bright side as far as the Bears offense, they're at least going to have some favorable matchups this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary. They're very banged up. I don't know the status of Richard Sherman right now, um, but they brought him kind of in on an emergency basis, and even he went down in the last game. So they're they're not extremely healthy back there. So if any week is a good week for Justin Fields and this wide receiver room to to really connect and put up some big numbers, that's looking like a pretty favorable matchup. So, you know, look for the Bears to develop the run quick overall in the game. And if they could burn the Buccaneers on some some deep play action plays, that'd be extremely helpful. Man, I'm I'm looking, you know, again, I'm a little bit obsessed with stats here. Um Tom Brady is leading the league in like basically every friggin' 
passing category there is. Uh, he's he's leading the league in passing yards. He's number two in touchdowns, only behind uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's got 17, and he's already thrown over 2,000 yards with only three interceptions uh, with, with a completion percentage of, of approaching 70%. Just just insane. So, um, yeah, man, the, the Bucks are going to be one hell of a team. God bless it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a tough game for the Bears. And I think that, you know, as far as, you know, their chances of going ahead to beat this team, they're going to have to be fortunate and probably force a couple of turnovers, hopefully get multiple sacks on Tom Brady and just, you know, really slow down their offense. I mean, that's going to be 100 percent crucial. Um, and, you know, the Bears are going to have to probably get close to 30 points to try to, to try to win this. I mean, I don't know. Uh, especially if the offense cannot stay on the field long, this defense is going to get burnt out and it's going to give Brady far too many chances to, um, you know, to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Sacks are going to be the key to the game. No doubt. Um, without Akeem Hicks and Robert Quinn, good luck. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we got, we got some other guys in there that, that are promising, but I mean, our secondary ain't going to do much. Uh, you know, I, I will say though, Hey Eddie Jackson, if you're listening, this is this is your week to step up, man. This is yeah. We're gonna we're in all likelihood we're gonna really need you this game, and uh, if you don't show up, we're we're gonna hurt. We're gonna hurt because because Brady's gonna know this and he's gonna he's gonna throw it over the top, and you know there's not many people there to stop him. So uh, big big week for Eddie Jackson, I think, is coming up. Uh, he could he could play a vital role. Or he could just disappear, as he's done for, like, the last seven weeks. That could happen as well. <laughs> Hopefully the former. I take it you got the Bears losing this game? Oh, I I think you'd be <laughs> you'd be a little crazy to not have him losing this week. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just, like, look, they're, the, the Bucks are, like, a top four team in the NFL pretty much hands down. Uh, it's, it's hard to say that these guys won't be in the – the divisional championship game barring injury you know considering that that if they're at full health uh they just have too much talent uh i I don't think that they're gonna be blown out by 14 points that seems like our defense is just too too tough overall and really hasn't given up these big devastating losses to to really almost any team yet maybe except for the the browns the browns was amazing amazing but that was that was also uh field's first start we couldn't get anything going offensively yeah it's not like the browns had a 45 point game they scored right. 26 you know so i think i think we hold we hold them to a reasonable score if i if i had to to guess uh scoring predictions i could see the bucks the bucks are an explosive offensive team i could see these guys putting up 30 um and I could honestly see us putting up 21. So my 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 prediction will be, yeah, I'd say I'll say 31, 21, something like that. All right, I'll go 35, 24, um, with the Bucks, you know, punching it into the end zone five times. Just just barely missing that that 12. Yeah, point exactly. I'm going that. right for the under on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a real tough matchup, and I think it's a game that's going to give us, you know. A little bit of clarity. It's going to give us a lot of topics for us to cover 
to cover next week. And there really was a lot going on with the Bears, but at the same time, there really wasn't that much. Um, like you said, we're really at the crucial kind of midpoint of the season where the main yeah. thing that, that matters is game results. Uh, there's not a lot of free agency movement, and we're not quite to the trade deadline yet, but we're starting to get those building blocks that are going to give us you know, a lot more insights as to what's going to go on for the rest of this year and also you know, looking ahead to next year into the draft and, and things like that. So, yeah, anything else you got for for this coming week? If not, we'll we'll end the misery of a of a podcast after losing to the Packers and you know not so positive matchup against the Buccaneers. No, that's that's pretty much it. I, you know, as I mentioned a couple times, I just think this is going to be this is a very very important stretch of games for the Bears. Us losing the Packers kind of set the tone for I think unfortunately set the tone for kind of where we're heading, which is a developmental year. Um, if it was a tighter loss, maybe this conversation would be a bit more optimistic. Let's say, you know, Robinson does come down with that. It's a 21, 24 game. Uh, the, 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 the dialogue shifts right now. We're right. well, that was a winnable game. We lost by 10. They just outplayed us on every level. Uh, it's hard to, to say, you know, oh, we had a good run game. Yeah. Well, so did they. And, uh, you know, there's there's really no facet of the game we played better than the Packers did. Um, maybe uh, maybe we rushed a little bit better, but even then, I, I don't think so. I think <laughs> salt the, the in the Packers, wound, Zach. Salt in the wound. <laughs> it's it's true. I mean, they 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 sacked us four or five times. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, great. So did you know we got we got two or three sacks? Like, doesn't matter. I think they beat us everywhere. So, and that's just what it is. Like, you know, I know I'm throwing salt into the to the overly dried up wound already that's been carved open and open you know repeatedly by me and a little <laughs> bit but uh it just is what it is man you know i i i think we got to be i try and think like ryan pace or like a madden player like how can we how can we situate this team to be best in the long term and uh these this three week stretch here packers bucks and then kind of heading into the to the niners right before the trade deadline because because those are going to be the only games we have before the trade deadline which i think is on november 4th um, then we play the Steelers on the eighth. This is it. I mean, we have two more yep. games to test our players, see where we're at, and see where our win-loss column is. We already started that stretch with a loss and a pretty bad loss, ten-point loss. If we come away with another loss here against the Bucks, it, it kind of just only solidifies things further. And uh, and man, a loss to the Niners, I think, one hundred percent solidifies the conversation that we are rebuilding and that we have zero chance this year. Uh, we come away with two wins, and I, it's it's totally different. So really, really important couple of weeks here. Really must-watch football for Bears fans. Uh, I couldn't be more excited for Sunday. I wish it was tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an exciting game, an exciting matchup. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's what needs to be said. Definitely a very important stretch coming up. And uh, we'll be covering all of it with all y'all. So as always, appreciate the support. Um, Be sure to leave a review and a five-star rating if you enjoy the podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Bear down. Bear down.